0: Welcome to Stack Attack, the PEI Public Library Services podcast on books, culture, and everything related to the world of libraries. On this episode of our podcast, Erin Alladin, one of the featured authors of Canadian Children's Book Week this year, joined us for a chat about her experience with the virtual event and being a children's nonfiction writer. And as we wrap up the school year and look ahead to the summer months, we're also starting to think about all the different ways we can keep kids engaged with library programming Roseanne Gauthier, Youth Services Librarian at the Charlottetown Library Learning Centre, joins us to talk about the TD Summer Reading Club, as well as the TD Story Walks coming to library communities across the island this summer.
1: It's Crystal Dion here with the Montague Rotary Library and the PEI Public Library Service and I'm here to chat a bit about Canadian Children's Book Week, which is an annual Canadian event put on by the Canadian Children's Book Centre and Communications Jeunesse. Been happening since 1977 and each may canadian authors give readings to thousands of children teens and adults all across canada this year it's happening virtually and i'm here with erin Aladdin, and she is an editor a writer and an ecology enthusiast who is always looking for ways to combine her passions she was born in northern ontario to a gardener and forester and she spent most of her early life looking at and thinking about the natural world As a young adult she spent nearly a decade immersed in Toronto's children's literature scene before retreating back up north where she continues to edit while growing vegetables and writing about regenerative agriculture Erin lives near Perry Sound with her husband her garden and not quite enough bookshelves we're here to talk about your debut book outside you notice so what spurred on this project
2: well I honestly couldn't tell you what made me start wanting to write children's books because I have wanted it ever since I could hold a pencil. I have very old notebooks with scribblings in them that are so misspelled I can hardly figure out what they say. I have just been obsessed with writing and storytelling. This book doesn't rhyme, but I've also been writing rhymes since I was absolutely tiny. And I started... Uh, submitting very bad submissions to publishing houses when I was about 14.
1: So it certainly ties in with, you know, your other passions, gardening, the outdoors, the forest. Can you tell us a little bit about this book in particular, Outside You Notice?
2: Sure. I wrote Outside You Notice uh, during the time when I was living in Toronto, and I was feeling kind of nature-starved, but I started noticing that even in the middle of the city where there's so much concrete and glass, there is nature if you look for it. It's between the sidewalk cracks and it's in people's tiny, tiny front yard gardens. And at the same time, I was hearing a lot about the push to teach mindfulness to kids in schools. And a lot of the exercises that we're focusing on for kids is use your eyes, use your ears, what can you smell? What can you feel? All of these kind of sensory focused things And I thought to myself, all those years as a kid, when I was out in the backyard, spending two hours watching a squirrel, I was doing the same thing. I was using my senses. And sure, I was probably getting all of the mindfulness benefits, but I was also learning about squirrel habits and habitat. And so, you know, yes, I have read and still read a lot of nonfiction about nature, but I also just absorbed a lot by being in it. And kids' brains are built to do that. So I wanted to A, celebrate that in a picture book, and B, spur them on to new curiosity by including all sorts of little nature facts that might make them want to learn more. And C, I wanted to write something that would nudge the adults who read it with their kids to say, oh, I should probably let them spend more time outside.
1: what is the general age of kids that your book is geared towards?
2: Four to seven. So kindergarten and those early grades.
1: Is this something that you plan to pursue? Do you have other projects already in the works? Or...
2: I have a project in the work. It's, it's for an older audience, uh, so more middle grade. But it is, again, nature and nonfiction focused. Um, It's collaborating with someone else and it isn't totally set in stone yet. So I'm not sharing details, but yes, I'm absolutely writing more. That's awesome.
1: Well, I look forward to seeing future projects. So I know you've had a very busy week with Canadian Children's Book Week. Do you want to tell us a bit about who you've been visiting? And I know that you've been in more than just Prince Edward Island. Is that right?
2: Yes, I have been virtually visiting Prince Edward Island and Newfoundland and British Columbia. And I have 10 visits total, I've done nine of them so far, and I have one more tomorrow. And the kids have been everywhere from the very youngest students, up to grade five, there might have been a couple of grade sixes in one class in a very small school too. So very broad audience this week.
1: I believe I heard you're at the Vernon River Consolidated. Is that correct?
2: I was yes. I really enjoyed my visit with them. Um, that school really encourages a lot of nature exploration in the kids and you can tell because their essentially nature literacy is really high and they're really confident talking about what they know and what they've seen.
1: So Aaron, I know that you are um, doing two different types of workshops. Uh, were they for different age groups?
2: That's how I planned them. The one that I call Born Naturalists is focusing on that idea of kids being hardwired to use their senses to learn about the world. And it uses a lot of songs and action activities. I built it specifically so that we could have a lot of interaction without having their microphone on because I never know what the setup is going to be on the other end. And so that one I target at K to two approximately, but I can also go older or younger. And then I also have a writing workshop, which has a couple of those same elements, just so that kids can get in some movement because sitting and staring at Zoom or Google Meet can be exhausting. But it also incorporates a nonfiction writing exercise. So depending on the time, I might do a demonstration and then a collaborative activity, or we could go straight to the collaborative activity and it involves brainstorming about an activity that everybody involved has had. So one school, they had raised chicks and I had done that when I was a kid. So we were able to brainstorm sensory observations from raising chicks. And then we brainstormed a list of facts the kids thought they knew about chicks. And then time allowing, we would uh, do some research and confirm those facts and then build all of that into a paragraph that teaches the reader some information, but also makes them feel like they're there experiencing that thing with the writer.
1: Are these workshops something that you put on outside of Canadian Children's Book Week? Well, now that I
2: have have done everything except one library visit, I will admit something I haven't been widely admitting. I had never done a virtual school visit before. My book was published in the middle of the pandemic and I live in a rural place. I have only had the chance to do one in-person school visit and I've done some virtual library visits, but this was new to me doing this in this medium. So the Born Naturalist workshop is using elements that I have used consistently from my book launch onward. And some of them come from my time as a camp counselor and outdoor living skills coordinator, but the writing workshop, I drew on uh, my mom's experience as a grade two teacher and literacy coach. And I used to spend a lot of time in her classroom. So I took some of her gradual release of responsibility, writing lessons and turned them into something that I could run virtually.
1: And has the experience been going well? Have you found that uh, connecting with the students through this medium has, has been working and been enjoyable?
2: Yes, my very first school was St. Jean in PEI and we had a little bit of hiccups with the technology at first. So we started 15 minutes late. I felt bad. I thought all oh, the kids are just going to be so restless. They were so engaged and the the teachers had it down to a fine art with rotating kids through getting up to the microphone to ask questions and they just had so much to say and so many cool observations because that's a big part of my presentation is I spend time running the songs and the activities and reading the book and showing them illustrating some of the facts from the book using bits of nature that I've brought in to show up to the camera but then I invite them to tell me what they have been noticing outside and I communicate with the school beforehand saying you know if you prime them they can maybe bring something in or think about it for a week beforehand. And so they had so many fascinating stories to tell and things to show me about what they have been noticing in nature.
1: Can you see yourself ever branching into a fiction as well as another offshoot of your of your writing?
2: Possibly. I have written a novel before. It's never going to go to a publisher. It's very disorganized. I started it when I was 14 and ended it when I was 24. but you know, the interest is there. I love storytelling. But when I think about what I think is most important to put into the world, to me, nonfiction that gets kids excited about nature, especially with where we are in the world right now. That's that's kind of my priority, especially if we're putting physical resources of uh, wood pulp and ship fuel into producing this product.
1: Do you think that Canadian Children's Book Week is something that you'd be involved with again?
2: Oh yeah, I would it's love to. Good. It has been so much fun and very empowering, especially because, you know, as a debut author during the pandemic, I I have a long history of children's programming. I know how to do this, but I mm-hmm. struggled more with the kind of business side of connecting with schools. And so to have that part mm-hmm. done for me, and now I have, gotten to interact with schools across the country that's really exciting
1: you did go to some bc schools as well yes i did did you notice any difference in the way that the children responded to you your book or or brought their ideas to the table
2: the thing that was most interesting to me is that almost everybody that i spoke to was very close to the ocean whereas i'm in northern ontario so there's one part of the book where it talks about how running water can make you feel calmer but i I reminded myself every time to not just mention rivers and creeks but also the ocean because that is also moving water and it has the same effect there was also one child in newfoundland i believe who asked me if i knew what old man's beard was and i said oh i think it's a type of lichen and he said it's a moss and it grows everywhere here i just learned something new i didn't know that (laughs) It has been a a fantastic experience. I've really loved uh, my time meeting all of these kids and hearing what they wonder about in particular, what makes them curious. Uh, it's, It's been really special and should give me lots of ideas for further presentations and maybe even further books.
1: Well, thank you. I know you've had a very busy week and it's not quite finished and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today for our small library podcast I know the listeners are going to enjoy hearing about you and I am going to in our podcast write up for the listeners. Um, there will be a link to Aaron's book that can we can borrow from our PI public library system as well as some information about Canadian children's book week and uh, what Aaron's up to herself so check that out in the write up. And once again, thank you so much, Erin.
2: Thank you for having me, Crystal.
1: Crystal here with the Montague Rotary Library, and I'm here to just talk a little bit about the TD Summer Reading Club. It's Canada's biggest bilingual summer reading program for kids of all ages, interests, and abilities. It's a free club offered at more than 2,000 public libraries across Canada, as well as online. And the club celebrates Canadian authors, illustrators, and stories, and inspires kids to explore the fun of reading their way. And this is a key to building a lifelong love of reading. This year's theme is Once Upon a Time, Myths and Legends, and I'm here with Roseanne Gauthier, a Children's and Teen Services Librarian at the Charlottetown Library Learning Center, and she's just going to talk a bit about how the PEI Public Library Service is going to be involved with the Summer Reading Club this year.
3: Thanks, Crystal. Well, the TD Summer Reading Club has been uh, a pretty long tradition in um, PEI at this point. I think that PEI has been participating in the program since it became a national initiative back in the early 2000s. So of course, what is very exciting about this year is that it's a return to in-person programming which we haven't been able to have in a while. So last year we did lots of stuff outside, this year we're going to be offering programs in branches across the province both indoors and outdoors so families can start to see the return of things like weekly story times of different crafting programs different science and technology programs and those happen in in our three french libraries and then in our english libraries as well one of the great things about the summer reading club is that kids can participate in the programs in our libraries at any time but they can also register for the program. And when they do that, they receive like a notebook with some cool games and different things inside it. And they get a bunch of stickers that they can collect over the summer and we'll be sending home. There's usually some kind of promo item that goes home with kids from schools, um, usually it's sometime in June. So families will probably see those coming home often kind of in the backpack. But one of the great things about having that notebook over the summer is it gives kids a chance to keep track of what they're reading. I think a lot of times kids read more than they think they do so we really encourage families to write down you know even if a kid was reading a comic book or the back of a cereal box or you were in the car and you were picking out signs on the street like those things all count as reading and at the end of the summer when you look back in your book it's fun to think about some of the stories you read but it's also fun to realize like how much reading you did do and i love like the the notebooks They always have the really cool art in them from different Canadian illustrators and they do a special notebook for younger kids who haven't learned to read on their own yet and then another notebook for older kids who are reading on their own and both of those notebooks have different age appropriate um, activities and games like little mazes and comics and stuff inside them so they're a lot of fun to take home. And the TD Summer Reading Club website is awesome too. It wasn't until the last few years that I really realized how much is on there for kids that they hire out every summer to a Canadian author and illustrator to do like a special web comic that's written and illustrated just for the Summer Reading Club. Kids can leave online book reviews. So they can make a username and log into the website and they can leave little, you know, they can decide how many stars a book was and they can see what other kids in other parts of Canada thought about the books they read. And they have, you know, jokes and coloring sheets and, you know, special access to some eBooks and e-audiobooks that you can get at any time without borrowing them from the library. So lots of really cool stuff on that website too. And then one of the other fun things uh, that we're doing kind of started last summer when we did some story walks in PEI. We actually did a lot of story walks in PEI, as anybody who worked in a public library last year and had to lug them from place to place can tell you. But those were a huge success across the country. Libraries were using story walks as a way to encourage families to enjoy reading outdoors together when it wasn't always safe for them to be gathered together inside the library for story time. And people love them so much that they're back again this year. So there are two stories that you're going to see across parks and trails and different libraries in PEI this summer. And so one story is Sometimes I Feel Like a Fox by Danielle Daniel. And that's a book about the different Anishinaabe totem animals and the different types of things that those animals are identified with. Um, that's just a beautiful award-winning book and the other book is called i am scary and it's by elise gravel uh, who is one of the really current beloved canadian authors and illustrators her work is so funny Uh, and this is an adaptation of a board book so it actually doesn't have a lot of words uh, but it's really fun to look at the pictures and they're so expressive that you can really see what's happening in the story so this is a story about a monster who wants to scare a kid uh, but The kid isn't scared, they just want to give the monster a hug instead. The monster kind of has to grapple with the the idea that maybe they're not as scary as they thought they were. They're just so cute. And both of those story walks, the copies of them that we have, are bilingual. So the stories can be read in English or French. And we have 10 different copies of them that are going to be moving around the province through the summer. So if folks are interested in checking where the story walks are going to be, They can look for us on social media, um, or they can check the public library's website, and both of those spots will have information about what story is going to be in what community and when. And those are good places to check, too, if people want to know what programs are happening in their libraries, because uh, we're all pretty excited to be welcoming families back in a little bit more of a traditional way this summer. So can't wait to see everybody.
1: Well, that's awesome, Roseanne. It sounds like it's going to be an excellent summer with a lot of fun things happening. And as you mentioned, our social media feeds and our website and just for the listeners in the podcast right up, I'll be sure to put a link to the TD Summer Reading Club site for all those excellent online activities that Roseanne was talking about, and also links to our social media and our website so you can find out what's going on at the branch nearest to you. And thank you so much, Roseanne. You're like a regular guest star on the podcast these days. It's always lovely to have you, and I appreciate you taking the time out to chat with me today.
0: Stack Attack is a production of the PEI Public Library Service. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and that you were inspired to think about all the ways we can notice nature around us, and how you can enjoy more opportunities to read outside the summer. Many thanks to Erin and Roseanne for sharing their stories, and for library staff member Crystal Dion for interviewing today's guests. And as always, we always want to hear from you. Share what you're noticing outside with us on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And don't forget to check out our library website, library.pe.ca, for the most up-to-date information on library programs and services. Thank you for listening and enjoy the start of your summer.